Guys, we're also brought to you by Happiest. That's your number one place to go for premium CBD products that won't break the bank. Uh, they have a fantastic array of products that you can get from helping you sleep to helping your joints and muscles to just an overall daily wellness use. So go check them out, happiestmed.com, H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com, and check them out. They're great for the first-time user because there's no THC. And there's a work safe guarantee, so you won't be disappointed. Please check that out. We're also brought to you by Poddex. Now, Poddex is the hottest new way to start your podcast or vlog. If you've ever been looking for episode starting prompts or questions to ask people uh, to have a really good time with your guests and provide quality content to your listeners, this is how you do it. So my listeners get 10% off. So type in uh, Thinking Project 10 at check out and get 10% off your order at poddex.com. And guys, if you're not following me on Facebook or Instagram, please do. Uh, I'll have links to all that uh, in my podcast description or wherever you're listening to this at. And guys, text me. We're going to have some amazing things going on. If you want to hear somebody special, if you want early access to the shows, if you want uh, some promos that I'm going to connect with on uh with some of the business owners that i've had the chance to interview um if you want to get involved and you want uh first access and you want quick access to giveaways text me 810-202-0177 810-202-0177 you guys gotta join the thinking project community now i cannot wait to introduce my guest for today. Her name is Julie Lee. Uh, she's best known for her genuine nature as a speaker, podcaster, and friend. Uh, she's got a new book out, I See You, which is something that we talked about uh, on this podcast today. I See You, How Co Compassion and Connection Save Lives. And her podcast, I See You, uh, brings to light our greatest antidote against isolation, which is connection. We had a lot of fun talking on this podcast. Um, I've got the book. You guys can pre-order it on Amazon. Please do. I see you and check out our podcast and enjoy this conversation because it was a fantastic uh, episode with a lot of great uh, questions and answers. And Julie Lee was fantastic to talk to. So please tune in and thank you for joining. And please welcome Julie Lee. Welcome, everybody. This is Dalton Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Well, so again, thank you for being here and taking the time. I, I followed you. I, I heard about your book from a friend of mine and whose name escapes me right now. I wish I'd try to remember that before but then i you know i'd seen your post and i've i've listened to a few episodes of your podcast and uh really enjoyed everything about the connection and compassion mission that you're on um as an author and, and as a speaker um but why don't you just start with telling us just like what you do in general yeah so like my family sure or just yeah. what i do as a yeah just over family. yeah 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 everything's good I guess that's such a big part of my life. It feels weird not to. So I have two kids. Good, uh, Sam yeah. is five and Lydia's turning four on Sunday. So that's really fun. My husband's oh, name nice. is Rod. And I don't know exactly what he does for work. So maybe we shouldn't, I shouldn't even try and explain that. But he works for enough. a company called Qualtrics, 
uh, okay. here in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. And he really enjoys that. He's a smarty pants. And <laughs> I, yeah, I started, you know, it's interesting. My journey, my journey as far as uh, more in the public realm is I, I wrote a children's book and I started presenting it to school assemblies, to little kids. And it's all about, it's a fairy tale, but it teaches the lesson of self-acceptance. Oh, no. wow. And then, that, and then I realized that I really love speaking to adults more than anything, adults and teenagers. And so uh, one way to do that, well, and I wanted to be at home with my little kids was to was to do a podcast, right? And that's yeah. when podcasts were kind of becoming big and we were all figuring out what podcasts were. And then uh, that just over, you know, it's been two years now that I've been running that and the plan was not to write a book, but it was just kind of, I always joke, it's like frozen, the next right thing, just one <laughs> another, and it just kind of was in my path. And so I did it. I did it during COVID. It was, it's, it took me, you know, it was three and a half months till my yeah. deadline. And it was, it was a wild adventure, which Holy is God. so annoying when I explain about my book, because I know that people spend years and years trying to get published. And so I don't mean to be flippant about it, but it really, what it just felt meant to be, you know, I was really blessed and lucky that way. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I know that, uh, it, and everybody's journey is different. And I think that's important. And like you mentioned, right. But I think that publishing that book, especially during COVID, that's impressive. That's really, where did you, so you, you have the ICU podcast. The book is called ICU, how compassion and connection save lives. Where did the idea for the podcast come from? Like what got you involved in speaking with adults and teenagers about this topic? Right. So it really came about just from my own life experiences with needing okay. compassion and connection. Um, when I was let's see, when I turned 21, I had my first total mental breakdown, um, PTSD like experience. I think that they would say I've never been given official diagnosis, but all through my twenties, I battled with mental health struggles with anxiety and depression and flashbacks. And it was pretty severe, um, made me like completely unfunctional at times. And so, but I really feel like it was the compassion and connecting with other people that saved my life over and over again. And so I, I believe that and I will I will take that to my grave. I believe that that it's it's other people in our relationships and people having compassion on each other and connecting with each other that it will it is the antidote to almost every problem in the world today. Um and yeah, this all happened before COVID. I, obviously, I started this mission before that and I signed a contract to write this book before that. Uh and it just feels it feels very pertinent to to what we're dealing with as, as a world today. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, I think I don't, uh, that's kind of what made me want to reach out to you. Um, you know, the point, the whole thing with my podcast is I, I try to interview like small business owners and influencers and stuff like that. But I, I personally have a passion for, um, that whole science behind connection, behind empathy. Um, I, I'm certainly a huge proponent of like therapy and things like that for people. Uh, but I know exactly what you mean about this whole, uh, the whole idea of connection. I think that solves a lot more problems than we like, we even realize like currently, like obviously it helps people get out of like, you know, um, you know, these kind of like mental health issues and things like that, but it's also been tied to like addiction and things like that, you know, helping people out in that realm. And, you know, it was funny because before this uh, pandemic, like officially started back in January, you know, my dad had to go to the hospital and was in like ICU and things like that. And I could tell the difference between like days that we weren't able to be there because of work and other things and days we were there, like his whole 
you know, his, like actually, you know, even his physical progression, you know, made a difference because we were there. Right. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, yeah. I say this in my book, but it's like, even if you don't have struggles with mental health, cause it's not a, it's not a book specific to, to just helping people with mental health issues, but at the very least, compassion and connection just makes your life so much more fulfilling. Mm. And if you don't have it, if you're lacking it, then it leads to a really unfulfilling, unrich life. And it just feels like you're living below, you're living below your privilege even. And of course mm. the, the worst extreme we see when we lack um, compassion and connection in our lives is we see suicide rates, you know, rising. And yeah. I have, you know, I have some experience around that mm. issue as well. And so it's just, it's so important and it's so needed right now. And I, I just wish we could like scream it to the world. because It's, it's what I, we need right now. We cannot turn on each other right now. And that's, that's yeah. what's happening in some cases, not everywhere. You see sure. a lot of light right now, but there are a lot of cases where you see people turning on each other. And I just, all I can think is that's like the downfall of society always mm. is when we start turning on each other. Yeah. Well, especially as humans, like we're built for connection right like that's like like that's what we're built for we're built to be with each other and around each other and you know and support each other and things like that and one thing i really like about you know some of the things that i've heard you talk about is that is the compassion side of it and like just being able to reach out to people how do you feel like you made the a funny like turn of phrase but how how do you feel like you made the connection between compassion and then and connection right I think a lot of it came from becoming a big fan of Brene Brown. Oh yeah. You read she's, a lot of Brene Brown. Oh, she's fantastic. I love every one of her books, Dare to Lead, um, The Power of Vulnerability, all that good stuff. Yes. She's, she's a powerful force for good. And she was a big part of my healing process from mm. events from my childhood that I had to start dealing with and heal through. And, mm. and I, that's just, you know, I look back and she has, I think she has three components for what, what she calls wholehearted living and the gifts of imperfection. And she talks about courage, compassion, and connection. Mm-hmm. And while courage, I think is absolutely needed. What I felt like was my message to share was as I thought about, and I, you know, I have papers where I wrote words down when I was exploring, what exactly do I want this all to be about? at first it was just compassion. It was just compassion for a long time in the planning phase. Mm -hmm. And then I just felt like compassion and connection are so intertwined because when you connect with someone, in my mind, you're moving closer to them. You're moving closer to their situation. You're seeing what's actually going on with them. And just a byproduct is the compassion comes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we can be angry at someone that is driving on the road and being an idiot driver. (laughs) But it's like once you know their circumstance and you realize maybe everything isn't as it seems and maybe they're, you know, trying to hand snacks to their kids and they're on their way home from the hospital and all of a sudden your heart starts to soften because you're mm-hmm. making a connection. You're connecting with things like, oh, I can relate with this in that way. You know, I have a sister that has kids or, or I have a brother that has a wife in the hospital and we start making these connections and as we move in closer, that compassion just comes. And so I couldn't separate the two. I couldn't yeah. separate the two. Yeah. Well, I think, I think just like you mentioned there, I think a lot of uh, uh, healing happens too, like for ourselves, when we realize that everybody's kind of running the same race that we are, you know, yeah, we're we in it together. 
right? We're, we're not racing. We're not racing against each other. We're all, Mm. it's the same destination. We're in our own lanes and we're all, we're all going the same direction. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned like Brene Brown. Um, Did you have any other like big mentors in your life that kind of helped shape the path that you're on right now? Absolutely. I had a, what's the word for her? Uh, she was a liaison with my college. Oh, okay. I was doing my student teaching. And when I was triggered with the PTSD like stuff in a student teaching experience out of state when I was 21. So while the PTSD stuff is very correlated with experiences I had growing up, I grew up with a, a father with bipolar disorder and he was suicidal mm. at times. And there were just some, some things that were challenging with that as a kid in my development. I think what triggered it was this experience I had student teaching with a very toxic mentor teacher. Mm. And when I had my emotional breakdown, I reached out to this liaison that I had worked with at my college. I was several states away and I called her and I was just bawling, like shaking, bawling mid panic attacks because they were just in and out all the time. And what she said to me is she just said, what happened to you out there? Because she knew me. I'm an outgoing, bubbly mm. person. I'm really confident in a classroom, very confident teacher. And she knew that I was not me. Something had happened because mm. I was a completely different person. And I had to fly home about a week later and I continue my student teaching there. But I mean, the first time I walked into a classroom, I didn't make it an hour before I left. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't do this because it was just so triggering to be back in that environment that had been so toxic and brought up all of these feelings. Mm. And she called me that day. She left me a message and she said, you know, I talked to your mentor teacher here and I know what happened and we can, we're going to do this. We can do this. We can do it an hour at a time. We can do it a couple hours at a time, whatever you need. We're, you're going to crawl your way back and we're going to make this happen and you're going to graduate. And the first time she came to do an observation for me, she afterwards we sat down, you have this one-on-one and the observer will give you feedback on your teaching. And she had the paper and she had my scoring and she just set it aside and she reached her hand and held my hand. And I just fell apart because I was still in the middle of just trying to figure out what was going on with me mentally and emotionally. And she just said, we don't need to talk about that right now. Right now we need to talk about you. What's going on with you? How are you? How's the depression? How's the anxiety? And to have a mentor like that, that will just see you at your very worst and say, we are going to do this together. I'm going to hold your hand. Like all bets are off. I will do whatever you need. I mean, it changed my life. I don't think I would have graduated college. I don't think I would have become a teacher. I don't know if I ever would have stepped in a, in a school again. Wow. You know? Yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful story. And I think, you know, the more people hear stories like that, the more it gives everybody else hope because you know, I've had similar ones too. And it is a beautiful thing when a mentor can, you know, not, especially in like a business or like a, an ecclesiastical or educational setting, they can kind of take away, you know, they can kind of take a step back and be like, okay, we got to focus on this before we can focus on, uh, you know, academics or uh, business or anything like that. And one of the things that I've kind of always mentioned is like, there's not a big difference between what we do to succeed in business and what we do to succeed in life. Right. Because we got to heal and we got to get going before anything else can start moving up. Have you, have you found that to be a similar experience like in your academic and professional and business career? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the bosses that I've had 
and the people that I worked with, the people that have the exercise self-compassion themselves and then are able to lend that to me because they have it to give and they're compassionate mm -hmm. and they, they amplify my strengths. Those are the kind of places that I work my best because yeah. it, it feels safe. It's a safe environment to explore, to innovate. And so when I feel seen, when I feel like my boss or my co-worker co cares what's going on with me at home and they care about me and our relationship, I mean, I'll follow them anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I would agree that it's the same. It's the same in business. It's the same in school. I just, it's, to me, it really is the answer to everything. And while there's other resources needed, like you talked about, like therapy and medication, if it's a mental health situation mm -hmm. or, or a physical yeah. health situation, and, and I, I use all of that, but there's nothing that takes place of that human just essence that we have, that light that we have to share with each other, that that connection that you can create with another human. And even people that say they don't need other people, I just, I don't buy it. I think, yeah. I on that, you know, like I just, I, uh, I'm a pretty extroverted person. So I recognize I might need people more than the average person. Sure. But I, I think everybody needs people. We're like you said, we're, you know, and Brene says it too. We're hardwired for connection. We just need each other and we, we yeah. blossom when we're together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and things just start to happen that normally wouldn't happen. Um, when we have each other, right? Ideas start to form, um, peace starts to form, right? So I really like that. But tell us, I'm really interested because um, I, I, I like write a little bit uh, as far as like articles and stuff, but um, never a book though. So what was your experience like finding a publisher, finding like a book um, editor and things like that? Like what was your journey like writing the book? So it came about through some interesting events. I was added by the CEO of the publishing company on Facebook. And I just thought that was a little random. And I took that as a sign sure, and I sure. messaged him and we met the next week. And I had written an introduction like two weeks, even before he'd added me to this book. I see you. Oh, I just wow. woke up. 30 couldn't sleep so I wrote a quick introduction and then I kind of set it aside and I'm like well that's weird because I don't really plan to write a book yeah, and that's awesome I printed it off real quick and took it to the meeting and I showed it to him and he's like I don't even want to look at it until you have a table of contents you know sure and yes is it written is the book written I'm like nope <laughs> <It's not> <laughs> <written>. <laughs> so I sent him the table of contents and they sent me a contract two weeks later and so it I know wow. it doesn't happen that way usually. I, sure, I understand sure. that. I really just feel like it was meant to be, and I'm just grateful to be part of the journey. Yeah. What's interesting is then the person that I had write the forward, which is Tim Ballard, who I'm sure oh, you're wow. familiar with. Yeah, holy cow. I yes. met him just a couple weeks before, or excuse me, I didn't meet him. I met his, kind of his right-hand man that helped him start it, yeah. that walked across the street to him to his house and said, we got to do something about this. You got to do something about this as he was doing like CrossFit in his, in his front room. Yeah, um, yeah. So I met this buddy of his at a conference I spoke at in San Diego and he followed my podcast and loved the work that I do. And so we kind of have gone back and forth and created a really good relationship. And so when I got this contract, I couldn't stop thinking about, you know, the person that I would really love to, to write this, forward is someone that I just think embodies this message so well in reaching out and doing something about it and showing up for people. And that's Tim Ballard, wow. the, the CEO and founder of Operation Underground Railroad. So I, I called my buddy and I said, is there any chance you think Tim would get in on this? And he said, I think so. And so 
we worked it out and he wrote the foreword for me and he did a beautiful oh, job. And I don't know, do you want me to explain it all about what sure. they do at OUR? Uh, well, so, yes, there's some, there's some people who might not know. I mean, I certainly know Tim Ballard and their mission and have like volunteered and stuff, but, um, right. but some people might not. So yeah, go ahead. Cause I love, I think that's, I think that's awesome that he was able to, that you were connected like that. Yeah. And it's interesting because I go places sometimes to promote my book and I end up just talking about Operation Underground. Really. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, it's a good, it, it, it's, it's probably the most important uh, nonprofit organization that we have out there right now to yeah, like I, really I, combat what's going on. Guaranteed. So mm. Tim Ballard worked for Homeland Security for the government and he quit his job so that he could more easily work with governments in other countries in helping save traffic children, children specifically sold for yeah. sex trafficking. Yeah. And so he goes into these countries and he works with their police departments and he trains them and they do um, undercover operations um, pretending to be people trying to buy children uh, for sex slavery. And he, he gets the deal done. And once they have enough evidence, then he's able to call in the the police from that country and they come and they arrest all of the, all wow. the traffickers and they save all the children and they have yeah. an aftercare aftercare facilities for those children so that they can go on to live fulfilling, meaningful lives. And they, yeah. they heal and they heal through, I mean, he talks about that in the Ford, but it's, it's the compassion and creating these connecting relationships. That yeah. No kidding. Heal. Yeah. Uh, just unspeakable things. Yeah. I think, well, and that's what I, that we kind of had mentioned that earlier, but that's kind of what I was talking about when like, you know, connection does a lot more than we even realized like at first, because um, that's exactly what happens. Like you'd never think that something as simple as empathy and compassion and connection along with, you know, I mean, I'm not, I say simple as, as like the pattern. I know that like logistically it's not simple, but connection and compassion can go long ways like healing you know even children who were victims of these heinous crimes right absolutely like the pattern you know that logistically i i know that it it's not as easy as you know it's easier said than done but you know certainly it can be done but i like what you said about it being simple because while it can feel hard sometimes it really is yeah. a simple and that you just need to see people how they are and that just complex human beings that are struggling and trying to figure it out just like you and that doesn't mean there's a part about this in my book that that doesn't mean that we don't have court systems that we don't send people to prison when it needs to happen compassion sure, is sure. letting people also fail when they need to hit rock bottom yeah. so they can start again that's that's compassion yeah. and so it really is a simple simple thing we need to do but it's it's hard when we have so many distractions right now and we're complex human beings and we got a lot of feelings and we got our own pride and we're doing our best and but i just think we need that reinforced reminder of we're just all human beings we're all human right. and we need each other and we can do anything when we're together you know it's right. more isolated that i think problems start oh yeah yeah and certainly like a lot of problems start with you know thinking that you're the only like that there's no one else like you out there or anything like that. Like I had a, I had a lot of experiences like that when I was, um, I volunteered for the crisis text line for a really long time as a crisis counselor. Um, so people would text in and, and we would, we would reach out and take them from a hot place to a 
to a cold place and then, and then send them in the right direction for help. But a lot of people, I heard that so many times, like no one knows what I'm going, no one can possibly know like what I'm going through. And I'm like, and I'm like, I get it all of our, all, yeah, you know, I would tell them like, I know that you're, I know that you're going through a personal situation, but I know that there's people out there who, who feel what you're going through. And, and, and you know, what? here's the other reason I reached out to you because I love the title of the book is I see you. Like I would say that all the time. Like I get it right. Like I see you. I know, I know, you know, I, I know that I don't know what you're going through, but I see you, right. I, and I care about you. And, and so that was always a big thing. Um, you know, when, when you're talking to youth, especially, oh, how do you feel like you deal with, um, how do you feel like this book resonates with like teenagers, especially because we brought up like, uh, you brought up like the suicide rates, um, and the mental health crisis and things like that. How do you feel like this, this works with teenagers? That's a really great question. I have spoken more to adults, but I just think these teens need it so bad. And especially, oh man, they are just <laughs> plummeted with growing up with social media. Oh, I think yeah. it's got to be a different. How old are you? Can I ask that? Yeah. Oh yeah, you can. I'm 26. Oh, okay, cool. And I'm 30. <laughs> so you're a little bit younger than me, but I didn't get a cell phone until my senior year of high school, I oh, think. <laughs> Yeah. When did you get a phone? I got, yeah, my parents, like, uh, I got a phone when I was like a freshman, I think. Okay. And for now, I think nowadays that's pretty old. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I I used to think I was young, but that's pretty old um, compared to a lot of people, I think. Right. Well, I still remember pagers and like brick phones and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Was it the, yeah. What was the first phone, that brick phone, that brick cell phone? Oh yeah. It was like a Nokia or something or like a Motorola or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, go back to your question. How does this book resonate with youth? Holy cow. Just our youth need the ability to connect with people in real Mm, life. And we can spend all day talking about those millennials or Z generation, or I think I'm actually technically a millennial. I'm not sure. Are you a millennial? Uh, So I am, but I, I feel like they, I feel like it's been kind of weird on that because they had millennial and then the one right after me, I think the Gen Z, right. But then they had like a one in between and I don't know. I I think I'm a millennial. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, No, but I just think that we can all day, we can complain about, you know, they don't, know how to do this they don't know how to do that but the thing mm-hmm. is like we have to teach them right we have to teach them. and so for me as an adult I struggle with my phone right I struggle mm-hmm. to, to separate myself from it and just be in the moment with other people and to cultivate those relationships not on the phone and so I just look at myself and I think if I struggle as someone that goes to therapy fairly regularly that works really hard on like making sure she's exercising. If, if I'm still struggling and I'm pretty mentally aware because I know how much it affects me, how in the world is a 12 year old supposed to handle this? Oh yeah. And I think that if these youth could really continue to learn to see each other in real life and not on a screen, I think it would do wonders for them and, and give them the ability to save each other from that isolation that's that's creating so much depression and so much anxiety and you know in the most extreme unfortunate case of suicide yeah i think yeah. That the icu message is is so pertinent to them and i just i hope that i hope that it will get in the hands of some of those teenagers i would love that i think 
I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too, because I just feel like, you know, um, I, I feel like everybody needs the message of the book. I feel like everybody needs that message of compassion and connection, but man, the, the youth and like teenagers, it's just so tough. Not only are you going through like, you know, the, the physical changes, um, and the emotional changes. Right. But then you, then you throw on top of that, like not being able to see anybody, uh, you know, you, you're, you're in school like twice a week or something like that. And it's yeah. really hard, man. I, I just, gosh, I really feel like that's where I feel the most kind of like, like pull is, you know, saving some of our kids like mental health because, if they can see each other, right. And then they, and their parents can see, and everybody's just, if everybody can realize like that compassion aspect, they're all just working towards the same thing, right. We're just, we're just trying to go on the same route. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you spoke a lot, you mentioned this earlier, you spoke a lot in, in schools, right? So was that mostly high schools or elementary or? At the time, because it was a picture book, I focused okay. on elementary, but I have done quite a few, uh, like religious um, sure. meetings and worked with a worked with like some after school programs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that was powerful. I mean, I had the kids mm. writing letters to themselves. Wow. They were having a rough day. Cause that's something I've done and felt really, really healing when I'm starting to have compassion for myself. And, and I mean, you have kids just weeping because they're just, they're just, they yeah. need to hear the things that they have in them to tell themselves, but they just don't tell themselves. And then sometimes I'll do a circle activity with them and it's the same reaction and it's them telling each other affirmations that they need to hear. And again, it's just, the tears are falling because yeah. it's yeah. hard for them to yeah. even accept that love for themselves, you right. know, but yeah. also I think there's tears. And I see, I've seen this in every age group. I've seen this with adults. I've seen this in teenagers and I've seen it in kids, this very same circle activity where I won't take, I won't take time to explain it, but basically mm -hmm. you're hearing different affirmations that other people know that they need to hear themselves. They come up with one for themselves and then they're telling other people it. So you sit there and you listen to all these affirmations of what other people need to hear. And it's the same thing they need to hear. And yeah. so everybody is just like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea because I'm having these people walk by me saying you are enough. You are special. Yeah. You are worthwhile. And that means that person is saying that's what they need to hear. So that means I'm not alone because that's right. what I need to hear. And that's touching to me. Right. And they just, all of a sudden it's like, we're all the same. We're all on equal foot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not alone. Yeah. That, it's, yeah. it's like the craziest. I think I changed the name of the chapter in it, but I, I it was before like the greatest lie ever told. Um, right. And it is the greatest, just, it's insane that we believe that, that we're alone when it's literally permeating like almost every household that I know. Yeah. yeah. They know someone that it is. It's, right. it's you are alone thing is just not true. And yet that's what isolation makes you feel. Mm. It makes you feel alone because right. you know, for whatever reason you are physically alone or you just feel mentally and emotionally alone. Yeah. And that's the greatest, that's the great lie of depression, you know? No kidding. I've totally seen that. And you kind of touched on this um, in your answer to the other question, but I just kind of want to ask it, uh, a different way, but why do you think, why do you think that's the greatest lie ever told? Like, why do you think so many people believe that we are like alone? Well, I have a couple answers to that. One, I do think technology has been a really awesome, positive thing. Yeah. And I think 
you would agree with your, since you're already nodding, I think you'll be with me on this. I think that it has also played a very large part in making us feel more distant from each other because we don't call on the phone. We don't hear each other's voice as much. I mean, sure. it feels comfortable almost to talk to people in the line at the store. When I ask them how they're doing, I feel like sometimes they're just like, <laughs> like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> why are you talking to me? Yeah. You know, why yeah, are you that's tough. just on someone's podcast the other day and they were talking about how they'd walked through a restaurant and they saw this couple and he's like, I bet they, they felt like they were having a wonderful evening, but they were both just looking at their phones during their date. You know, me oh, and my geez. husband have to like remind each other during a date. Like me too. I'll just leave my loan, my phone at home <laughs> because it's, it's too much of a temptation. And it's not, I just think that it's just that constant, we can always be doing something more. And as for me, as a, as a doer, I always want to be doing more. Yeah. But the more I do, the less present I am with the people in front of me. And the more, the more that lie can start to feel true of I am alone. Yeah. Um, and other people feel like they are alone because I'm not giving them my attention. No, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I think, I think technology has been had pros and cons and, and the pros is, you know, you know, the, it's almost kind of weird. Like the pros and the cons are almost the same thing. Like the pro is like, we can connect with people anywhere, but the con is, is that we're not connecting in a natural way, right? Like it's a quick message on Facebook maybe, or, or a comment on a post or something like that. And it's so hard to get a message across on social media. Like even, even in our podcast here, we might talk for 30, 45 minutes. And even that, you know, is hard to get your full message across and to, you know what I mean? So I can't. It's not quite the same as in person. Like yeah. we don't connect quite the same way. It's better than a phone call, right? It's better sure. than a text oh, yeah. That Yes. But, but it's not the same as having human energy in the same room with you. Mm. There's a difference. Yeah. I, I think oh. that's why even with all these Zoom calls, I think they're <laughs> a good substitute for, I mean, I think it's the best we got. And I think that's yeah. great. I think it's better than just texting, but right. it's not same as being with other human beings in the same room and like having their energy right um, right there with you and having their light there with you you know like yeah, yeah. we can talk about good and bad feelings but like you have feelings from people that kind of slough off people and when you're around people that are are trying to make good choices and that are loving and kind you feel that you and you you yeah. feel it soak it in and besides the words they say you know yeah oh yeah absolutely so who do you feel like I mean, I know you were kind of talking about adults um, and teenagers, but who do you feel like gets this book the best? Do you feel like adults get this book the best? Do you feel like um, teenagers get this book the best or like men or women? That's a really good question. I wanted to be like a politician and say, and for you, <laughs> I have another question, but I'm not going to. That's almost <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Right when I started my podcast, I wondered if maybe it would be just women that listen, just because it's a sure. lot about feelings, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have quite a few men followers. And that is because men need it too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I, what I see most in common isn't actually gender. Okay. I mean, if I had to guess age is like the most common is like 25 to 65, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Maybe 25 to 55, even m more populated. Okay. It's people, it's people that think outside a little bit of the box, I think, and they don't want to, they're not interested in conforming to just like a cookie cutter 
life that maybe they thought they should have or someone else told them they should have, but they're looking for a lot of meaning in life and they're trying to make sense of the relationships around them and the things that have happened around them. I mean, I think that my experiences with anxiety and depression and PTSD, that is certainly kind of what jump-started all of this because all of a sudden I realized like, oh, a lot of the things I worried about before don't matter and here's what does and it's my relationships and it's seeing people and being able to see the people that had compassion on me when I was like bawling on the dirty, you know, bathroom tile floor, like just at my absolute worst, Mm. those people that just the love and the compassion was not conditional. It was just like, you're a human being and I'm here for you and you you have nothing to give me. You have nothing to offer me. You're probably Mm. kind of draining even right now. I mean, that's seeing someone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like people that are, that are really looking for, for something more and greater and grander than, than just like trying to keep up with the Joneses and, and trying to fit in, fit in, and which we all fall into that. I mean, I yeah, have, we do. Yeah, but we do. No, I do too. Yeah. right. They just are looking for like profound meaning in the really pivotal experiences they've had in their lives. I mean, those are the people I'm getting emails from. So I know yeah. that's great answer it's a little bit complicated and maybe i'll have it more figured out (laughs) (laughs) no i think how i wrote to my audience but really that's what yeah people that have like had rich intense lives and well i think i think a lot of people who read your book are the people who like are looking for the answers kind of like that you know and they haven't been able to find them anywhere else the reason i asked that question is just to just to get some light because i you know because i feel like personally at as a man that a lot of like my other friends who are men are coming to this idea, but I feel like we're all coming to the party a little late, you know, uh, because I know that. And so I know that, um, you know, that women, that we all need this just as much regardless of gender. Right. Um, everybody needs this, but, but I, we just need it. Like men who, we just had to wrap ourselves in like this tough facade for a long time, you know? Um, and at least, at least like where I grew up, like I grew up at, so I grew up in the Midwest, very like farming, uh, factory, small town where, you know, there is, there are those stereotypical things that, you know, men are supposed to do this and women are supposed to do this. And I, I felt that the most freeing when I was able to break away from all that and then like really see people, you know what I mean? Because, I really felt like that was such a big deal. And a lot of my friends who are men um, have kind of come to the same realization that we, that like, you know, before I, before I was a father, I went to therapy because I knew that I was going to have to deal with some stuff that uh, with my children that I had to like overcome, you know what I mean? Because my, my idea of parenting, and uh, you might laugh at this, I don't know. But like my idea of parenting is just, I just don't want to screw my kids up as much as I, I was felt screwed up, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I was like, I had to do a lot of healing before I had children. Um, yeah, don't make your parenting reason. about you, right? Right, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Not making my parenting all about me, but making right. about what they really need and not about what yeah. I'm terrified of doing. You know, or, it's so hard. Uh, yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So my husband and I both really struggle with that. I feel like constantly we're, we're like fighting, you know, they say who wears the pants and it's like, we just fight over the pants where it's like, don't scrub, <laughs> don't scrub. Like, 
yeah, yeah. Just well, I think our kids. Yeah, I think it's just important. But but this is why I love the book too, because it can go to parents and you can be like, because you know you can take it to your kids and and I feel like that kind of parent child relationship can be really strengthened by just realizing that your kids are kids and like they're totally different people. Like I know I, I love to say like my daughter and my son are like me, but they're also so different from me. Right. Right. It's, and, it's and amazing. I think that's like you hit it on head. That's kind of why I think in my heart, I made that transition of, okay, I, I talked to kids about self-acceptance and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one assembly for me is not going to have any impact compared to what like a parent or a consistent mentor can do. And I've seen that in my own life. And so I think being able to talk in a really raw, unfiltered way about what's really going on and what's really important to people that can really make change and kids can make change too, but they need help. You know, we don't expect them to, to navigate all of this by themselves. And so I think that's when I really, I really just, I have it even here. It's sitting here. I keep staring at it, but I really, decided to do the podcast and then to write the book. I didn't want to write to kids. I wanted to write to the people that can help the kids and that can help each other because a lot of us are adults that are suffering that maybe as kids, we weren't seen. And so now we're picking up the pieces. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I love that. I mean, it's so, it's so true. So do you, do you feel like, um, so when does the book release? Let me, let me ask that question. Yeah. So the official release date is September 8th. Sweet. Yeah. So I, and pre-orders are up now. And so I think it gets sent out on September 8th and also a bracelet with it, which is kind of fun. If you, you, there's an option to buy a bracelet and I made it for women and dudes. That was really important because (laughs) I was like, this is not, this is not a female thing. Yeah. Yeah. Responding to that. And so I don't even have the bracelet yet. I I get a book. I already have the book. I don't have the bracelet yet. (laughs) But but yeah, I'm really excited about it. And I think, I hope it's just a really. Yeah. Yeah. So so from like a, yeah. So from a business perspective, did you ever think, and you kind of mentioned this before. um, So what do you do right now? Uh, Do you work outside of the home? No, I don't right okay. now. Okay. How was it for you though? Did you ever think you were going to be an author? Did you ever think that you were going to write a book and start a podcast and do all these amazing things? No. <laughs> so what you, about this what, topic, I, I yeah. left, so my dad struggled with a mental illness and I really okay. love my family and love my parents. But when I left and started a new relationship and a new family, I was very done with that. And that would never enter my home again. Mm. And so for me, myself to struggle, you can understand why. I mean, the second I noticed it myself, I was just, I was in a very dark, bad place for a long time. Yeah, Um, And so not only did I never think I'd write a a nonfiction book, but I never thought I'd, or, or do a podcast, but I never thought I'd like say the words depression again, like Mm. depression, anxiety, unless I was talking about like, yep, that was before, you know, like I feel bad for them and that was hard, but I never thought I would be like talking about admitting to myself that I've ever struggled. And so, no, I never thought I'd write this book and I never thought I'd do that podcast. Absolutely not. What gave you the, what gave you the gumption, the, the go ahead to do it? Um, I had a friend specifically though, after, so I'd been going to therapy for a while. I had a friend that I connected with through our therapist. She connected us 
and we met at a park and she just, my therapist had said, you know, I really think you two would get along. You've had some similar experiences and we became so close. I mean, because it's like, we saw each other, right? We understood each other. It's like, I got you. I get you. I understand you. And she, a year later for my birthday, she gave me a bracelet that said, I see you. And it just was a reminder of like, I am always there. I witness your life. You're not alone. God sees you, you know, or if for you, Mm -hmm. it's a higher power or whatever you think this universe run. And so I would wear that. And that was a reminder to me. And then I could even, you know, if she was having an awful day, I could text her and just say, I see you. And we both, it was like, I get you. I'm, I'm with you. I, mm-hmm. I notice you, I know you're hurting if no one else does. And I, I'm not mad at you for it. It's all okay. And that's what really inspired the title and the mission for all of this was just that. I think everybody needs that. Wow. Well, um, I, yeah, I think that that's a great thing. And you know what, it's a common theme too, because I've interviewed a lot of business owners and and influencers like that. And they all start the same way. And it's just, but it's a beautiful thing how life changes. But if, but like, you know, we've been talking about, if you don't have the compassion and connection with yourself, you know, being able to go forward and try something like this and, and to put out a book and to be vulnerable, because I mean, do you ever, do you ever look in, and and this will be one of my last questions. um, But do you ever look at yourself after writing the book, after speaking these events, you're like, how the heck did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> How, what's yeah. that conversation like? You're like, man, I wrote a book and what if no one likes it? You know, I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who, who like it. Right. But I mean, that's a fear, right? <laughs> At least like my sisters, right? Um, I'll read it. I like it. No. Yeah. No, I do. I, sorry, will you say the question one more time? I just, my brain just went blank. What did you say? Oh, sure. No worries. So, um, do you ever feel like, how how do you feel about writing the book? Like, you know, you, cause you go through these things and, and you know, what if people don't like it? And I can't believe I wrote the book and it's very vulnerable. Well, I think it's a lot like imposter syndrome, right? Uh, where you're like, where I look at this book and I'm like, do people know that I like don't have any clue what I'm doing in life? Like, do they know? <laughs> I think that's like, real. Yeah. Out, like you can get your name on a book now. <laughs> no, no. I, I, but I think that's how everyone feels. I think that's how everyone feels that tries to do great things. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if I have had not, I still struggle with self-compassion. I'm not over that. Sure. However, I could never have done something like this from a place of pain. I had to do a lot of healing first because I can't give if I'm not okay inside. And so I think now I'm to the point where, you know, I've experienced a lot of, a lot of challenging moments and challenging periods of my life that were so bad that I also kind of feel like what's the worst that can happen. Like I'm not really afraid of very many things anymore. Cause I feel like in my brain, the worst thing that could have happened probably was that I would have struggled like with mental illness, like my dad. And so that happened. And yeah. now I'm like, I'm an open book about it. And so it's just kind of like, yeah what's the worst that can happen, you know, but no, I feel having said that I do feel very confident in what I wrote in this book and I had to do it quick, but I felt very led and guided. And I feel very grateful for just that inspiration Mm -hmm. that came in. And I'm, I'm grateful to have a book that I I feel really confident in handing people because I, you know, in, in a, for my own spirituality, I don't feel like it was just me writing it. And so it's easier for me to promote it because I just feel like I probably will read things in there that I don't even realize I wrote, you know, but truth is truth. And <laughs> it doesn't awesome. mean I'm perfect. And it doesn't mean I do it perfectly, right. but I believe this book is truth. 
Well, but yeah, but, uh, but that's the best thing about doing something as a human being is like, um, you just put, you do, you do what you feel like you got the right thing, right? You feel like you got the right thing to do. And so you just do it and then you just go with it. Right. But, but you're true to yourself. So I love that. So two things before we go, where can people find your book? First thing. So it's out for pre-order right now. If they wanted to pre-order, where could they do that? Yeah. So just on my website, okay. which is julieleespeaks.com. Okay. julieleespeaks.com. So I don't know if you have notes or something you want yeah. to put that. Yeah. And there, yeah, you'll have I the option can order the book on Amazon. If you do, please leave a review. That'd be great. And then there's right. also a link to order from the publisher directly. And that's where you'll also find like the bracelet bundle and things like that. And right now I know that on the publisher's website, I'm offering a, a pre-order code, which is pre 15 to get 15% off. So oh, you're wow. welcome to that in the notes as well for people because it's a good time to stock up, especially for <laughs> Christmas and stuff, right? I know I've been like thinking, Heck, I'm yeah. like, who can I give this to for Christmas? That right. <laughs> I love it. They'll That's hate awesome. me. They'll hate me. They'll be <laughs> like, you can't get your own book for Christmas. I'm like, but yeah, it's wanted right now. And you need it, right? Like, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, last thing. So if you had a, if there was a 30 second message that you could give, uh, to the listeners of this podcast and maybe just to anybody else who tunes in, what would that 30 second message be? You're not alone. And the people around you need to know that same message. They need to know that they're not alone. So especially right now in the world with, with COVID, with Black Lives Matter, with a lot of people hurting and needing to be seen, Mm-hmm. I think it is absolutely vital that you look people in the face, uh, even if you have to wear a mask to do it and it's six feet away, that you call people you love and check in on them and make sure they're okay. And that you remember that we're all just doing the best we can and that people are not, don't see people in black and white. People are complicated and colorful. They're not good or bad. They are just people who are doing their best. And while that's frustrating and scary and complicated to understand. I think it's a much more meaningful, rich life because I think you'll find yourself having less anger and less anxiety as you just engage in loving people and recognizing this is a tough time for us all. Um, And we can do it. We can make it through this, but we have to do it together. Mm -hmm. And I see you. I really do. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you so much. And thank you, Julie, for being here and and joining me. Uh, It was a great conversation and I look forward to the book. I look forward to the more podcast episodes. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's my honor. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good day. You too.